0: ho
1: ho ho <laughs> merry belated um, christmas who are you calling a ho ho you ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> Sub ho um hey. hi welcome to history of haunting i'm carrie and i'm laura and, and this is, is our christmas is episode ish episode episode yeah we're within 24 hours of Christmas. That's fine. Um <laughs> we were busy having festive times with our family, so uh recording was delayed a touch, but uh we are here to bring you a very very fun episode, guys. Um and it's going to be one of those, you know, she does a part and I do a part kind of thing as far as there's we're talking about multiple topics here, so all right. It's a shared script. So um, EVPs, real quick. We have. Um, what do we have? Uh, do we have any EVPs? I don't. I don't know. As we not do not really. No, not really. Uh, Mansfield. We're going to be Mansfield uh, Parasicon in May. Uh, mm-hmm. We have. That's it. That's all the EVPs. We are going to. Be... All right. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's all all we've got. And that's your Christmas present from us. From us. We're going to just say that. Shut up. Shut up and jump right into the meat and potatoes of the show. This one was Laura's idea, and it's a brilliant one. I really like it. So we are going to be discussing the fate of naughty children at Christmas. Ooh. And Mm -hmm. it's not um, necessarily Krampus. There's other people that dole out a bunch of bullshit for asshole kids so which yeah
0: I mean I can get behind some of it I mean
1: yeah you know (laughs) I'm like we love our boys but they're not always angels just kidding Santa comes every year (laughs) true debt yes All right. right. so Laura what are the, the sources for
0: this one the sources for this one are theguardian.com, vice.com, thelineup.com, smithsonianmag.com, ripleys.com and wikipedia.com.
1: We, okay. All right. All right. Tell me your first two and I'll tell you the last two, which you already Sounds know because you wrote the script.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is true.
1: Okay.
0: So <laughs> as we were just saying in most English speaking countries, the worst fate a naughty child can expect on christmas is like an absence of gifts or in the u.s they get coal um children in other countries however can expect a worse um far far worse oh good oh that's good that's that's lovely okay (laughs) (laughs) do tell so all right so uh christmas lore usually comes in the shape of a jolly red suited man winding a sleigh through the starry night sky with his trusty of reindeer uh there are however some holiday figures who are much more ominous uh chief among them would be the belly slitting child abducting half woman half demon alpine monster known as Persta. gross yeah, she's, she sounds like a lot of fun.
1: Didn't my favorite murder cover her? Maybe I'm uh, thinking of Elizabeth Bathory.
0: <laughs> I'm a, I don't know, since they cover actual things.
1: Uh, no, uh, no, I might no. be confusing it with Elizabeth Bathory. Sorry, go on.
0: Maybe. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so, according to old Austro-German language, legend... Uh, Perchta is a malevolent pagan goddess who stalks the snowy landscape by night during the 12 days of Christmas. I don't remember her in the song, though. Uh, uh, no, no. No, no. Mm-mm. So like Italy's Christmas witch, La Bifana, she is also associated with the Feast of the Epiphany on January the 6th. Okay. Uh, Perchta's aim is simple and chilling. So she is there to ensure local customs are upheld under the pain of death. Um, in bygone Jesus. times, right. Yeah. She's, she's not really lighthearted. Ho, ho, ho fun. No, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no. So, um, this would mean like no weaving during the holidays. Um, that was, you know, unless you wanted to <laughs> experience her wrath. Um, people believe that Perchta could enter their homes while they slept. If she found the inhabitants had not behaved during the year, Perchta ripped open their stomachs and disemboweled them, Ew. stuffing their cavity with straw, rocks, and other rubbish. She then stitched them up before moving on to the next one.
1: Oh God! Perchta
0: was particularly intolerant of unruly children, and liked <laughs> to bring a posse of zombie-like helpers with her on her rampages. I mean, as you do. I mean, you 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 got to have a crew. Right. Exactly. <laughs> her large and misshapen quote unquote goose f- goose foot is sometimes linked to the tradition of eating goose at christmas like that's pretty fucked up <laughs> a go- uh, she has like one goose foot yeah burn she hops around on a singular goose foot i mean she maybe her other foot is normal i don't know oh good it you- wasn't specific <laughs> we got to find a picture of this this chick um <laughs> So Folklore's John B. Smith writes that Purchase's earliest incarnation, dating from the Middle Ages, yeah. was as the enforcer of communal taboos. Um, this initially meant... Hold on one second. Alright, this initially meant punishing those who dared weave on days deemed sacred, or those who refused to feast with re- the required enthusiasm. Like- <laughs> Put your fucking happy dyke face on and go feast. Um, Put down your goddamn basket and go beast. Right? <laughs> Pretty much. So Smith notes that as more peasant women entered the workforce, Perchta's focus turned to tormenting the lazy. Okay. So Perchta is a sinister figure, he wrote, um, who punishes the slovenly, the idle, the greedy, the inquisitive. Don't ask fucking questions. Errant children got tossed into her sack and carted off with their legs dangling out as a warning to others. In one story, a young farmhand who incurs her ire by spying on her goes blind. Although his sight is ultimately restored, the message is clear. Don't fuck with Bursta.
1: I mean, given what she does to with the slicing of the bellies and
0: all of that, I guess that's pretty mm -hmm.
1: tame. Losing your sight. Okay.
0: So it's a sentiment echoed by author and independent scholar Stephen Morris, um, who has written about Purshta, Uh Quote, I think my favorite story is when she intrudes on a wedding reception she was not invited to attend. <laughs> uh, he said, it sounds like the wicked fairy in Sleeping Beauty, right? She curses the bride and groom and the whole wedding party by transforming them into wolves. Okay. Right, so frightening tales of Pershta are very entertaining, uh, but there is more to the legend than horror mayhem. Um, I first heard about Perchta in a book of German fairy tales. Uh, Rebecca Byer uh, told the author of this article. She is a forager, witch, and a scholar of Appalachian folklore and magic who feels a strong connection to um, quote I can find any creature or goddess figure that holds an aspect of terror interesting. She is one of the many dual-faced goddesses, both fair and ugly, dark and light. I guess it's difficult not to find resonance with deity figures that are so frankly human, like us, with these big oppositional aspects that remind us that in all light there is shadow, no matter how we'd like to ignore it. Okay. So, (laughs) her point about Perchta's duality um, speaks to the contrast that makes her so fascinating. Her name means bright one, which refers to iterations of the Perchta legend which depict her as youthful and white as snow, as opposed to elderly and hag-like. She may be a dab hand at belly splitting and a close associate of Krampus. But as Morris points out, she is also known as Grandmother Winter, the woman who makes the snow. Um, That's probably the most family-friendly version of her. Okay. (laughs) So her legend does stretch back hundreds of years, but her popularity shows no sign of diminishing in Austria and elsewhere, as she remains a visible part of Christmas festivities. Wow, all right. a perfect example is the Perchtenlauf, which, as Beyer explains, is a massed procession full of noise-making, fireworks, and people, generally men, dressed as terrible beasts with large horns. These Perchten, or fo- followers of Perchta, serve to frighten away the cold, evil spirits of winter by out-uglying them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, they are so fearful themselves, they aim to scare the very cold away. Uh, the there were well-documented attempts at suppression in the 17th and 18th century but today these processions have experienced a revival uh we're even seeing them in america now uh which you know people love i mean (laughs) we love pretty much any attempt that we can dress up and make a lot of fucking noise (laughs) kind of our thing we're fucking loud we are loud that's true (laughs) right So each year, buyer marks the epiphany by preparing one of Perch's favorite meals, which I'm, is it children? Um, Quote, I personally enjoy leaving out a meal of oat gruel and herring for her on January 6th and having some myself in her honor. She says, I also uh, enjoy creating art and imagery of her to honor her so she does not become a forgotten goddess. (laughs) It is a sentiment shared by many Every Christmas, we're perched and her terrifying deeds are celebrated. Wow. And so she's got like, she still
1: has a couple of weeks to go yet.
0: Yeah. So her most rain. Yeah. Most festivities of Christmas generally are considered to go from, I mean, well, you have, it actually starts way before like Advent, right? But yeah. Um, all the way through to the, to the, well, the Epiphany, right? Is supposed to be the.
1: Yeah. I'm looking at my so calendar, that... but. I don't think, yeah, it doesn't say, for, mm-hmm. n- for next year. Huh. Well, she sounds like a, a real gem. Oh, she's
0: just mm-hmm. a love. <laughs> <laughs> right, pause for one second, okay? Okay. So next on my list is I get to tell you about Grilla, her yoke cat, and her 13 lads. And this comes from Iceland. Um, okay, so it's a
1: different so. take on the 12 days of Christmas mm, Kind the of The 13 lads of Grilla Grilla Okay
0: So Tales of the Ogress. Okay uh, It began <laughs> Right So we're starting off strong um, <laughs> An ogress, I didn't even know that was a fucking word I love I mean, haven't you seen Shrek? I mean Probably <laughs> It's better than it um, so, okay, Tales of the Ogress began as oral accounts, with the earliest written references found in the 13th century. So in historic sagas and poems throughout the region, uh, so one reads, here comes Grela down in the field with 15 tails on her, while another describes. Down comes Grilla from the outer fields with 40 tails, a bag on her back, a sword knife in her hand, sword or knife, I'm guessing, coming to carve out the stomachs of the children who cry for meat during Lent. What is with this carving up stomachs? I don't know. Okay. And why can't she have meat? All right. Oh, during Lent? I guess you're not allowed. Whatever it is. I mean, you're the Catholic. (laughs) Clearly very
1: so strong. So strong. Far removed, Catholic, but all right. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm all only on Fridays. (laughs) Like, why why can't you have the rest of the (laughs) time? This isn't there. Right. What happened? Um all right, so in Iceland the midwinter holiday known as Yule. I'm guessing, a version of the old English and old Germanic word Yule uh which describes this time of gathering together, feasting and celebrating um and that's what evolved into modern christmas is generally darker than in the united states no oh, shit um seriously and, and not just because the sun barely comes out during that time of year um according to gunnell uh the earliest celebrations of the season were viewed as a time not only to bring together relatives living and deceased but also elves, trolls, and other magical and spooky creatures lead to inhabit the landscape. Okay, now we're talking. Right? Sometimes these figures would visit in the flesh as masked, masked figures going around to farms and houses during the season. That would Not terrifying at all. <laughs> <laughs> Totes norm. Um, one thing I learned when I visited Iceland is like if, and I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but like if they're building a highway... Or any kind of road and they have to like move like a big boulder or a rock, like a big rock. Yeah. Because they believe that, um, it could be the house of like a fairy and it could be fucking this whole thing up. But, um, they have to have like people that can speak to the fairies and whatever, come out and ask their permission for them to move the rock um otherwise they can't if they and if they grant it cool it's like groundhog day but for elves um like if they if they can if they say yes then they can move the rock then the road will proceed as planned but otherwise they will go around if the entity or fairy says no really this goes on to this day like this
1: is happening now (laughs) well i know that like elementals are you know they're kind of everywhere but they're really more um revered in like Ireland, Scotland, Iceland. I mean, mm-hmm. we've got elementals here in the United States, but they're a little bit more respected in those countries. So that doesn't actually surprise me at all that it's, that's still
0: going on. Yeah, it's still happening. Huh. So, um, so Greela, getting back to her, uh, her. her name uh, translates Lucy, loosely to growler. I'm all, hmm. all right. Not too so loosely, Humphrey, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. A little growler. We're not going very far. Not really. Um, so, <laughs> she would be among these, uh, showing up with a horn, tail and a bag into which she would toss naughty children. Jesus. Thanks. She was certainly around in about 1300, though she wasn't at first directly associated with Christmas, but she was associated with a threat that lives in the mountains. So... You never knew exactly where she was, says Gunal. Uh Long poems written about her and a husband, but he didn't last long. <laughs> Surprisingly, yeah. Um, the story is she ate one of her husbands when she got bored with him. Oh, <laughs> in some ways, she's right. the first feminist in Iceland. Sure, so, sure. Right? So since Greela's family lived in the mountains, um, they didn't have a lot of dinner options. Uh, so, <laughs> she would send the Yule Lads, um, and they had names like Spoon Licker, Window Peeper, and Meat Hook. I'll go through them all in a minute. Uh, into town, where they would snatch unruly children and be- bring them back to be cooked into a stew. Okay, so the lads are Sheetcoat Coat Claude, Stubby, Spoon Licker, Pot Scraper, Bowl Licker. Door Slammer, Skier Gobbler. Skier's like, soup. it's um, Icelandic yogurt, but oh. it's... And I think they sell it in the States now, but I've seen it. Um, it's very fun to, like, a big part of, like, you know, what people eat there. Okay. Um, sausage Swiper, Window Peeper, Door Sniffer. <laughs> meat Hook, and Candle Beggar. I'm sorry. I
1: feel like... <laughs>
0: zane like, made up these names right it's like the um the seven dwarfs, but like on acid i don't uh, <laughs> okay like
1: window people ones they
0: do exactly what it says so they would come to your house and like lick your spoons scrape your pots lick your bowls slam your doors oh my
1: god beg for candles yeah or beg
0: for money holding a candle I don't know. This is candle beggar, and candles are like were really hard to come by for a long time in Iceland. So I'm sure that these probably like taking the candle, or yeah. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah, stealing your sausages. <laughs> Sniffing your doors, which is fucking. I don't That's know fuck weird. Is. You it's open so your door, there's a little guy out there just sniffing the door Smelling for him. it. I think that might be for
1: your <laughs> window peeper, though, in a fucking way. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> or see somebody like in your this tiny little guy licking all your spoon, right? Also, <laughs> especially be yours weird. because you went through some stuff to try to find a full set. Yes, this is true.
0: Silverware. <laughs> fucking crazy. Um. so uh the family's black cat named christmas cat um only ate once a year so he would wait until he could watch children unwrap their gifts at christmas and then he would eat anyone who didn't receive a piece of clothing the the cat (laughs) the cat so if you didn't get some socks like you were fucked the cat was coming to eat you
1: oh my god, tell me that you gave Zane clothes for Christmas so Eddie doesn't did not eat him. Okay, all right, good.
0: And he was like, yeah, he clothes. That's <laughs> nice. Goody, goody. Mm-hmm. Um, so by 1746, um, Icelandic youngsters were actually so terrified of being eaten that they wouldn't leave their homes <laughs> um, around Christmas. So the government actually stepped in And put a ban on using Grilla as an intimidation tactic with your
1: kids. Well, yeah, because now you have a freaking generation
0: of like utterly paranoid kids. (laughs) They all have like, like, Christmas is not cool. They have fucking PTSD. They're like... A thousand percent. Yeah, everybody's in (laughs) freaking therapy. (laughs) Right? Like Christmas is coming. Oh, fuck. The only seven-year-old is like, no. Right. (laughs) I don't know if Jesus was, you know, wanting it to be like this. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so after that, the ogress and her brood um, cleaned up their images in the popular culture. So Greely their PR woman was like, right. listen. <laughs> like, stop tweeting, put down the phone, let <laughs> about this. Take a fucking bath, leave the spoons alone. <laughs> stop smelling people's doors. It's fucking weird. Put the candles back right <laughs> <laughs> um so Grela decided to send her sons into town only 13 days before christmas and they were told now to spread holiday joy rather than fear oh, okay so one at a time wearing a red and white suit familiar the boys uh, now travel down from the mountains and place gifts and shoes that children leave on their windowsills Oh, okay. If the child of the house is good, they receive a small toy. If they're bad, they get a rotten potato. <laughs> okay, that's much better. Mm-hmm, right. So, but the bad kids figure rotten potatoes are better than being eaten. So they aren't too put off. <laughs> a little bit better.
1: Okay, so they went from one extreme to the other. The kind kids of, are terrified,
0: know. and now they're like, I don't give a fuck. Right, I'm not scared <laughs> at all. <laughs> fuck you and your potato. Um... So each of the Yule Lads has his own method of causing madness, in addition to the rotten potatoes <laughs> corresponding with the names you see in the drawings that were, I already talked about, but there's a drawing of it above. Okay. But although many of these methods are rather tame, there is nonetheless something disgusting to each. It's hard to picture anyone being happy about having each of their bowls looked, licked, right? <laughs> By this line, so. No,
1: no, 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 no. Mm-mm.
0: So in recent years though, um, many Icelanders have attempted to return the Yule Lads to their pre-Santa roots. Okay. So going back to them being, you know, kind of gross. So the mo- oh. they have new modern depictions of them showing them back in their middle age, like brown and black rags. Oh, um, okay. And during the holidays you meet, you can see people dressed up as Gryla's sons in their woolen suits. Hmm. all right. So as to what they did to the Christmas cat, he's still around, uh, prowling around during the holidays. Uh, In fact, he's probably the reason my children still beg their parents to put socks under the tree every year. So they don't really clean him up too much. It's the (laughs) only country where kids actually want socks and underwear. Right. They're like, fucking please. Fingers crossed.
1: Right. So many (laughs) socks. I don't know what to do with them. But thank you. Thank you. Right. Oh, that was a creepy one.
0: Yeah, pretty weird. Very weird. Mm. When I the one time I did my a couple weeks after Christmas, and they still had stuff about Yule lads and stuff out.
1: Oh, really? Hmm.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. Pretty cool.
1: Wow. All right. Well, I am gonna to talk to you guys about Hans Trap, and he sounds like a real big piece <laughs> of shit. So fun guy. yeah, fun fun guy. Invite him to your next party. <clears throat> so. Apparently the legend of the Christmas scarecrow is well known in the French reason, reason, reasons, nope, regions of Alsace. I just, I, I just listened to the pronunciation. <laughs> Alsace, Zas and Lorraine. Hans trap. According to the story, lived in the 1400s, he was rich and powerful and a merciless man who was feared by the people of Alsace. Alsace? Alsace? Mm -hmm. Sure. His thirst for power was so great that he turned to deals with the devil to enhance his power and his status. So when the Pope heard about this, he actually excommunicated Trapp, after which he was then banished from Alsace, and his wealth and his lands were confiscated, um, which was fine because it didn't really compare to what happened next. So this guy was reduced to constructing a makeshift home in the mountains of Bavaria in Germany. Um, Here he continued to brood and his evil desires festered, which that is probably one of the most disgusting words. Something that festers is not ever going to be lovely. Um, He developed a hankering to try the taste of human flesh. Finally, he ended up becoming the dreaded Christmas scarecrow. Adorned in straw as, as a disguise, he waited on lonely roads for a victim. So a boy aged about 10 years old happened across his path one day. And Trap stabbed the unfortunate shepherd's boy with a sharp stick. With the body safely back at his lair, Trap sliced it into pieces and roasted it. But before he could eat, he was struck by a divine lightning bolt and killed. So today, naughty children are warned that Hans Trapp's spirit lingers on and that he might visit them in his scarecrow disguise if they don't mend their ways. Um, He's a very popular boogeyman and a frightening tall tale, you might think, but nothing more than that. Unfortunately, the story seems to have been inspired by the incredible true tale of a real person. I love a good twisty twist. (laughs) So Hans von Trotha was a knight who lived from 1450 to 1503. He commanded two castles in the Palatine. Um, in the Palatine territory, but he became embroiled in an argument with the church over the property in one of them. So the abbot would not concede certain properties to von Trotha. So the embittered knight stopped the supply of water. (laughs) What a dick. Stopped the supply of nearby water to the town of Weissenberg with a dam. In retaliation, the abbot had the dam destroyed, which then flooded the villagers' homes and their businesses. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, they're having a pissing contest over here. And meanwhile, the people are like, hi. We need water, not this much water. (laughs) Right. Um, (laughs) That's too much water. Um, The dispute continued until, just as with Hans Trap, the knight was summoned by the Pope himself and excommunicated. So while there's no record of von Trotha turning to cannibalism and hunting children while dressed as a scarecrow, what we do know of his life is also extraordinary. Even the emperor's intervention wasn't enough to put a stop to the knight's battle with the abbot of the Weissenburg Abbey, which is exactly why Pope Innocent VIII came into the picture in the first place. On his summoning to successor Alexander VI papal court, Montroto refused to attend. Instead, he sent a letter to the new pope, which expounded on Ventrota's fate while accusing the pope of all manner of impure acts. Which some were probably, probably true. true. <laughs> probably true. <laughs> um back then the popes weren't really that great. Um, so even excommunicated, Montrose did well for himself. Serving the French royal court, he was given the Chevalier d'Or. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, by King Louis <clears> the <throat> Twelfth. On his death, all charges against him were reversed and forgiven. Something of his notoriety lived on, though, and not only in, Han- in Hans Trap. Local legends also referred to him as the Black Knight, a formidable specter that was sometimes said to accompany Santa Claus and punish children who were unworthy of gifts. So that doesn't fucking quit. Mm-hmm. He's got double. He's he's got two jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's actually the first time that I heard of somebody that, um, like him. I mean, it, to me, it it, it sounded like it, he wasn't too far off of from Vlad the Impaler. Yeah. Like, it sounds like, yeah. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, then Vlad Santa's companion. And if you don't <laughs> straighten oh up God. and fly <laughs> right, dear God. I mean, so, mm, yeah. Yeah. Sure. <sighs> yeah. So... That's Han's trap. My next one mm-hmm. is Kalan Kanzari. Kalan mm-hmm. sure, I believe so. I mean, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. So the Kalan Kanzari are goblins, and they spend most of the year underground trying to bring about the apocalypse. Very chill. Very chill. (laughs) Super mellow bunch of guys. (laughs) Mm -hmm. During Advent, they come out um, to human territory to cause mischief and evil. They're sometimes described as black furry creatures with tusks and horns. So gremlins, maybe? Mm -hmm Sure. Um, I'm sorry, this is going to make you sick. Um, They're usually male and are grotesquely well endowed. (laughs)
0: I think he put it in there. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: stories about the Kalin Kantar, whoa, Kalikantzaros, stories about the Kalikantzaros, I hate you, um, or its equivalents can typically be found in Greece, Bulgaria, Turkey, Serbia, Albania, Bosnia, and Cyprus. You know, I'm going to just call them they from now on. They are believed to dwell underground, but come to the surface during the 12 days of Christmas, while the other chick is hanging out over here with the 13 days and her little Yule liquors. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) uh, So the 12 days of Christmas being, in this instance, from December 25th to January 6th, from the winter solstice for a fortnight, two weeks during which time the sun ceases its seasonal movement thanks for that weather tidbit um, <laughs> <laughs> it's believed that they stay underground sawing the trunk of the world tree so that it will collapse along with the earth however according to folklore what they're what they are about to see when they are about sorry when they are about to see the final part Christmas dawns, and they are able to come to the surface. They forget the tree and come to bring trouble to mortals. Finally, on the epiphany, which is January 6th, the sun starts moving again, and they must return underground to continue their sawing. Man, they must be real slow at this. Right. (laughs) They see that during their absence, the world tree has healed itself, so they must start working all over again, and this is believed to occur annually. Um, which, okay, I kind of like it. If they ever, like, cotton on to, like, an electric saw or something, we're probably all fucked, but... Right. (laughs) So there is no standard uh, description of the appearance of the Caled... Oh, God, here we go.
0: Calend Kanzari.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh-huh. There are <laughs> there are regional variations as to how their appearance is described. Now, to some Greek illustrators, they have imagined them with some animal parts, such as hairy bodies, horse legs, or boar tusks. So the more upsetting, the better. Um, <laughs> sometimes they are enormous, at other times they are diminutive. Other groups see them as small humans with horrible odor. Again, very upsetting. (laughs) Um, They are predominantly male, often with protruding sexual characteristics. Many Greeks have imagined them as tall, black, and hairy, with burning red eyes, goats' or donkeys' ears, monkeys' arms, tongues that hang out, and heads that are huge. Oh my, this sounds like, what's that description of the, um... The cryptid we the, um, covered. The chupacabra, I think the
0: it was. The chupacabra.
1: Yeah, that's
0: what I was thinking of yes. too. I'm like, this is basically like Greek
1: little chupacabra. Chupacabra, chupacabra. yes. Mm. Nonetheless, the most common belief is that they are small black creatures, humanoid apart from their long black tails, and said to resemble little black devils. They are mostly blind, speak with a lisp, and love to eat <laughs> frogs, worms, and other small creatures. Well, now they sound kind of cute. <laughs> they are believed to be creatures of the night according to folklore there were many ways people could protect themselves during the days when they were loose one such method was to leave a colander on their doorstep to trick the visiting kantzaros. it was believed that since it could not count above two three was believed to be a holy number and by pronouncing it The kali Zaros would supposedly kill itself. Oh, wait a minute. You know what? This reminds me of an episode of Supernatural where they're investigating fairies. Anyway. Sorry, I I digress. Um, So, they would sit at the doorstep all night counting each hole of the colander until the sun rose and it was forced to hide. So... I bet this is where Supernatural got their storyline. Like yeah, it probably. was, um, a fairy can't resist counting spilled salt or sugar. Mm. So if you spilled it, the fairy would have to stop doing its mischievous deeds and sit and count each grain of salt. And so that must be where they got this. Must yeah, be where they got it though. from. Yeah, that's cool. So. It's an annual tradition in some cultures to throw lucumades, which is a donut like dessert filled with syrup and sausages, on your roof and sing a specific
0: song. What? <laughs> what? What? Like, that's where a sausage like fucking stealer comes in. Like, you need him. Can you get that down? Like, right. like why? <laughs> Let's bring about all of these to get people
1: together. <laughs> because we really need them to work cohesively. Um sure. it's, so it, it's believed that once you've thrown your donut like dessert and sausages onto your roof singing this song that once that's done the calican, the and the little guys <laughs> will eat these and leave returning to their work underground. So Another supposed method of protection from these little guys was to leave the fire burning in the fireplace all night so that they could not enter through it. In some areas, people would burn the Yule log for the duration of the 12 days. In other areas, people would throw foul-smelling shoes into the fire (laughs) as as the was believed to repel the Kalikatzari, forcing them to stay away additional ways to keep them away included marking one's door with a black cross on Christmas Eve and burning incense nothing about having a little guy lick your door though sniff your door that's right sniff your door and they're the poor for it really I mean according to legend any child born during the 12 days of Christmas dear God was in danger of transforming into a Cali Zaros during each Christmas season well that's fucked right (laughs) starting in adulthood.
0: Well, so you don't get two presents and now you might fucking go to a weird mm-hmm. monkey, snake, crocodile, whatever the fuck. Goat-head mm-hmm.
1: shoe person. Right. Um so it was believed that the antidote to prevent this transformation was to bind the baby in tresses of garlic or straw or to singe the child's toenails. Sure. Just throw in a light <laughs> child abuse and he's going to be fine.
0: I think that the one thing I love most about this story is the creative, like, fucking ways that you have to, like, get rid of them. Right? I feel like somebody's, whoever's pulling the string is is like, you know what I want right now? I could really use a fucking donut. Right? (laughs) You know what? Throw a donut. And some sausage. Fucking sausage on your. Yeah, sausage. Get some sausage. Right. Let's make him (laughs) sing a song that'll be fucking hilarious. (laughs) You know what else? Yeah, burn their toenails. It's fucking weird. Right. And their smelly shoes. They fucking stink. Make them get rid of those. They too. love it. They like, love it. You know what? But they like can't. Kind they of can't good count. For the greater so. good, though, you know, like get rid of the smelly shoes.
1: Right. I mean, I don't know why you need a the Christmas anti claws for that. You, me, you should always get rid of smelly shoes. But anyway, um, according to another legend, anyone born on a Saturday could see and talk with them. All right, that's not too, too bad. Um, One one peculiarity that set the the Kallikandazari, I've just given up on that word, even though I still continue to try and say it. One peculiarity that set them apart from other goblins and creatures in folklore was that they were said to appear on Earth for only 12 days each year. Thank God. Their short duration on Earth, as well as the fact that they were not considered purely malevolent creatures, but rather impish and stupid. Sure, they weren't sniffing doors and licking spoons. (laughs) Led to a number of theories about their creation. One such theory connects them to the masquerades of the ancient Roman winter festival of Bacchanalia. Yeah. Yay. Earlier uh, and the earlier Greek Dionysia. Dionysia. Dionys- Dionysus? No, Dionys- S-I-A. Dionysia. Anyway. (laughs) During the drunken, orgastic parts of the festivals, people wearing masks, hitting- uh, hitting- nope. Hiding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, hitting something, it sounds
1: like. I mean, under costumes in bestial shapes yet still appearing humanoid may have made an exceptional impression on the minds of simple folk who are intoxicated. (laughs) In Greek, the term Kali Kanzaros is also used to describe a number of other short, ugly, and unusually (laughs) mischievous beings in folklore. When not used for the aforementioned creatures, it seems to express the collective sense for the Irish word leprechaun and the English words gnome and goblin. And that, ladies and gentlemen, are the fates of naughty children at Christmas (laughs) time
0: around the world. (laughs) Some good, uh, interesting, and there's more out there too. It's like no uh, shortage, no short supply of, yeah, of weird mixes of tradition and folklore and Christmas that have gotten all intertwined yeah and just kind of like you said just
1: sort of like cherry picking from different Mm -hmm. like ideas and putting together just the most fucked up thing you could come up with um i i love it too i'm glad that we here in the united states don't really have to threaten children with um really crazy versions of the kukui um
0: (laughs) because wow (laughs)
1: that's uh that's pretty intense i'll tell you what
0: um Uh, although now we you know have elves on our shelves and they're being watched all the time i mean i mean there's that yeah though
1: my favorite is uh snoop on a stoop (laughs)
0: Yeah. that (laughs) That one
1: i love yeah that elf on the shelf uh is kind of hella creepy though um another one that people send to me a lot because obviously they know we're into the paranormal and stuff like that Mm -hmm. is um doll in the hall (laughs) (laughs) just to get like a creepy looking doll and just like move her around no she's not holding a gift Nothing. she just move her around the house which I think is kind of funny but again would send children to therapy more than likely send me to therapy yeah I'm not I can't I'm not a fan of dolls Mm -hmm. at at all Mm -hmm. no dolls at all Um, so yeah that's what we have for our belated Christmas episode guys we hope that you enjoyed it and uh, will forgive us me primarily for the butchering of Callan
0: Kanzari or those Kanzaros or Kanzar. it is pronounced a bunch of different ways obviously because it does kind of pop up in a lot of different sure yeah um, Greek and Irish yeah Yeah. all that and then it changes for like um, plural and. yeah
1: it's just sort of I mean you can look at it Yeah.
0: Thank you so much. You did great. I love this story.
1: Good job picking yep. out the the really special, creepy, <laughs> gross, <laughs> stupid ones. I'm here for you. <laughs> yeah. So um, that is it for us, guys. Um, we have our uh, New Year's Eve celebration episode is coming out um, this Saturday. <laughs> This mm-hmm. Saturday, the 31st on New Year's Eve, we did record that last weekend with our very special guest. Um, and you guys finally, finally, those of you who have been with us since almost the very beginning um, are very familiar with the phrase, Aaron, write that down. And you are all finally going to be able to meet Aaron of New Aaron, write that down so she's going to be Our special guest we wanted to prove to you She is real and um, That's all I have Laura do you want to let them know where they
0: can Follow us <laughs> Sure thing you can follow us On Let's see Facebook Instagram And the TikTok At HOAH Podcast And all, Furthermore on the TikTok at HOH Carrie and at HOAH Co-host Laura
1: and that is it thank you guys so much for watching um we hope that your christmas holiday was filled with family and fun and food and lights and all of the wonderful things that this season brings and uh we will see you on new year's eve as we give a resounding fuck you to 2022 And we treat incoming 2023 very, very gently, like removing a baby bird from an egg. (laughs) (laughs) Want to be real gentle with that one. So that's all I've got, guys. Laura, what about you? That's it. That's it? That's it. That be it. All right, well, as we say here at History of a Haunting, uh, stay safe out there, because you never know who.
0: Or what you'll add. Is going
1: to sniff your door. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bye guys. <laughs> Bye, thank you.